Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. My name is Simon Miller and WWE, for the love of everything, would you please stop doing matches on Raw that you're about to do on a pay-per-view days later? Because now how am I meant to be excited about WrestleMania Backlash when I have pretty much witnessed everything you're doing on that show? And again, look at me. I know what I'm talking about. I'm wearing glasses. (laughs) We don't have to worry about that. Just wrestling. Who the flub cares? Let's take the finger of power and give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down for the latest episode of Monday Night Raw. appreciated two things at the start of this week's Raw. One, we actually had a match. We all know that WWE is obsessed with the opening show promo, so it's nice to get different things. And two, you can't say they're not trying to be creative. The problem was, this still isn't for me, Down. And as ever, you'd have to be nuts to expect a three-hour program that airs every single week to cater to your every whim. But I just do not understand this obsession with taking every single thing in the women's division and then tying it in to the women's tag team championships. I mean, I think now we've been doing it for about a year. But yes, it was Charlotte Flair, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler taking on Oscar, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. And those two have new music, if you should so care. And almost straight away, they all just got in the ring and started yelling at each other. And I don't even know why, when poof, Alexa Bliss appeared at the top of the ramp. She was here with Lily to keep an eye on someone. And at least on this evening, it was Shayna Baszler. And I audibly shouted, why? Because I do like asking that question. But basically, Shayna was in the ring. Alexa Bliss, I assume, then casted some kind of voodoo powers. This caused, I said I wasn't going to laugh. This caused Shayna Baszler's leg to like buckle so she couldn't make the tag to Nia Jax. Oscar hit her with a shining wizard and pinned Shayna Baszler, who lost because of magic. I mean, that's a real sentence that I said out loud. And then Oscar got booed in the face courtesy of Charlotte. But then every other woman just stared at Alexa Bliss because now they're really scared about what she can do. Why the hell at that point didn't she just go Meh, and make all their heads fall off? But apparently she was done for the evening, so poof, she vanished again. I mean, really, it's all just so meh because the women's division does have such talented performers that we all just smudge and squash them together as opposed to going, we can have a few here and we can have a program here and they can take place throughout the entire show. And we do get more later, but that ties into the problem I had during the intro where it's exactly the same thing we have been seeing for weeks. I need something new. As ever, Raw then continued to be a barrel of madness because we cut to the back and there was Jinder Mahal. And look, he did say, hello, my name's Jinder Mahal. But no one said who this guy was or where he's been. Imagine you've only been watching the show for one week. You go like, okay, he's Jinder Mahal. But who is Jinder Mahal? He also has a new group because he was flanked by Shanky and Veer. And look, give credit where credit is due. They do look pretty badass. 
but we'll get to Jinder in just one sec. We then saw Riddle and the New Day hanging out, and Riddle was so excited because he has officially registered RK Bro as a tag team. And then they all started to laugh at the fact that Randy Orton had tomatoes thrown at him last week. And that's another sentence I've actually said out loud. Of course, as Riddle laughed about all of this, Randy Orton was right behind him and let him know that this wasn't funny. And what is amusing is ending people's careers and setting people on fire. So there is somebody you want to invite around to dinner. More backstage stuff straight after as well as MVP went into Braun Strowman's locker room. And I don't know why Braun Strowman has a locker room now. And he basically said, hey, why don't you take out Drew McIntyre? So later on or at the pay-per-view, it can just be Bobby versus you. Braun Strowman thought about it and MVP said, but look, I'll give you a brand new gardening hand trowel. That last bit didn't happen. All this backstage stuff came flying at your face too because then we were with Adam Pearce who was talking to the Miz and John Morrison. And it does seem like we're about to break up Miz and Morrison, but to be honest with you, despite the fact WWE breaks up all of those teams, this one probably does need it. Somebody should take John Morrison and give him a proper main event run. Damian Priest was there too, and essentially John Morrison is going to take on Damian Priest later, and whoever wins can then choose a stipulation for The Miz versus Damian Priest at WrestleMania Backlash. And if you're thinking, I've seen this match around about 78,941 times, you are correct. It was then time for Jinder Mahal to make his official return to Raw, and he was taking on Jeff Hardy, who also just reappeared, so I have to assume he fell down a hole and somebody got him out. Either way down. Because this was basically just a squash. Jinder blocked the twist of fate, he hit the colas, he pinned Jeff Hardy, one, two, three. And I have no problem cheating my hole like an absolute badass, but why couldn't you have got somebody else other than Jeff Hardy? Like, I know he's in the twilight of his career, but he still has something, and again, we haven't seen him for weeks, and now he just comes back, and he's a loser. But I suppose this could hopefully lead to Jinder getting a few wins, and then just oh, all of a sudden becoming the WWE Champion. I am, of course, joking. What we should do is we should have Drew McIntyre lose at WrestleMania Backlash or lose at some point in the next couple of months. And then we should do the Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal feud without the championship belt. If you tie it into history in the right way, I am actually all right with that. The amount of backstage skits this week as well went into Overdrive because we saw Charlotte Flair talking to Sonya Deville. And then, yes... Cut to Elias and Jackson Riker, who should be on the Starship Enterprise, by the way, discussing, well, who can we throw tomatoes at this week? Who the flub cares? Stars alone must then stop them because they are teaming together later and AJ doesn't think that they're taking this very seriously. And then Omos grabbed a tomato and he crushed it. And I think we were meant to be impressed by that. But just go and get any tomato you can find. That's not hard. It's a squishy thing. You could do it whatever the hell you want. Anyway, then they stormed off. It was a segue into this eight-man tag match because it was those four taking on RK Bro and the New Day. And WWE never drops the ball with this stuff because their in-ring talent is so talented. Almost whooped everybody, which should always be the way, at least for a little while. And then he had a stare-off with Randy Orton. Now, it kind of sucked because we went to commercial break. And when we came back, there was no payoff. So Riddle got beaten up for a little bit. And then so did Xavier Woods. Thankfully, Woods is very well-versed in tag team wrestling. So he got Riddle back in there with the hot tag. And honestly, Riddle had Elias beaten in around about 3.7 seconds after he hit the bro Derek. And if it hadn't been for Omos breaking it up at the last second, that would have been it. And I thought to myself, do you know what? When it comes to in-ring competition, Elias kind of sucks. Oh, and then blind tagged Riddle as he came off the ropes. This was a very good move because Omos basically swatted him out the air like a fly. And then on the outside, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston grabbed AJ Styles' feet and they started spinning him around. And the commentator sold us like, oh my gosh, they're going to kill AJ Styles. 
just looked really fun. Omos couldn't handle it though, because I guess he wanted to have some playground enjoyment too, so he stormed over there. That allowed Randy Orton to hit the RK onto Elias. One, two, three, we're done. And again, Elias sucks. The entire team celebrated afterwards when Randy Orton dropped the New Day with a couple of RKOs. And Matt Riddle then melted down as a human and he was like, how are we ever going to make friends if you treat people like this? RK bro are the best thing about Raw and they genuinely entertain me. Sonya Deville then made a match because of Charlotte Flair. That was kept hush hush secret secret between Rhea Ripley and Oscar. And I was like, why are we doing this? Days before they're having a match at a pay-per-view, it's like reaching into my inside and taking my excitement gland and just stomping on it. It just takes away any expectation that I have, but we're gonna get that later. This madness then continued to the point I need somebody to sit me down and explain Raw to me. I'm not joking either, I'll give you my address. It's like 10 Bald Street, Bald Lane. You can come round, we'll have a cup of tea and you can fill me in like Craig David. Because Kevin Patrick went to interview MVP and Bobby Lashley and they were all mad because he stormed in there. And he said, well, reports seem to suggest that you've made a deal with Braun Strowman. I was like, what do you mean reports? We all saw it happen about 45 minutes ago. It's a fact, it's the truth. Who is writing this down like it may have happened? It did. Her business blew him off, not like that. And I don't know what the point of this segment was. He just left and I suppose it was teasing that maybe Strowman was gonna help Bobby Lashley. But who in their right mind would actually believe that? Sheamus versus Humberto Carrillo for the US title was next. I don't even care about ups and downs. I just hope that Humberto is okay. Sheamus cut a promo beforehand saying he was going to destroy Humberto Carrillo, when he kind of accidentally did. And he also took a shot at Adnan Vink on commentary. And I don't believe they were his words. So I don't think that guy is long for this world. But yeah, when Carrillo went for a sunset flip powerbomb over the top rope, Sheamus just landed right on his leg, right on his pelvis, right on his stomach area. And you could tell straight away that something had gone very wrong. I mean, the Irishman is a pretty big dude and he just fell from the apron and crushed another man. The referee just had to call the match off, which was the right thing to do. I can't stand it with people going, oh, you took me out of the match. Who gives a damn flub? Somebody protect him. And I suppose we'll find out soon. But I will be amazed if he doesn't need some kind of surgery, which doubly sucks because he only just came back, but still, I'm gonna take all of my health and throw it through the camera and hope that Humberto is okay soon. We then had two video packages, one of which was for Eva Marie, it was the same as last week, and that made sense. But then we had one for the Lucha House Party, and I couldn't believe it. Are you telling me that we are finally going to do something with these guys? I mean, this certainly suggested it, but it is raw, they could change their minds tomorrow. And said, I'll stand here and keep everything crossed because, man, do we know that the tag team division needs more actual teams. It was then time for Shelton Benjamin versus Cedric Alexander. Now, on the one hand, I was disappointed because this was all happening after one week of build and you knew they weren't going to get more than five minutes. But, man, they took their time and they absolutely killed it. I thought this was so damn enjoyable, I'm giving it up. Cedric Alexander also whooped Shelton Benjamin's ass during all of this. I mean, he was dragon screwing the hell out of his leg. And even when Shelton tried to get back into it, like applying a sharpshooter, Cedric was like, ah, that ain't happening. And he just booed him right in the face. I mean, he even had the damn thing one after the neuralizer, but you know the Alexander character at the moment, or at least we did. We teased it for a little while and then we forgot about it. He started acting all cocky. He walked over to the commentators like, well, who's the best now? And because of that, from nowhere, Benjamin popped up. He hit the T-bone suplex, which I can't remember seeing for the while. And he got the surprise win. And once again, I'm keeping everything crossed. Please keep this going. For starters, there was no shenanigans, which is very, very nice. But you can now put the blame onto Cedric Alexander's shoulders because he shouldn't have been so arrogant. I was just very sports entertained. 
Please, please, please let this play out and don't just go and stick it on main event. Then got a reminder that last week Angel Garza shoved a rose up Drew Gulak's ass and unsurprisingly Drew Gulak was very upset about this. So he approached Angel as he was doing a photo shoot and Garza was like, look, you better back off otherwise I'm going to take it and I'm going to stick it down your throat. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody came up to me and said, hey Simon, I've got this flower, it can either go down your mouth or it can go up your bum. Well, I wouldn't pick the latter. Ripley versus Oscar next, and after about three minutes, out came Charlotte Flair to her music to let everybody know that she was arriving. Honestly, Raw is just a blank template of these days, and you just fill in the names, and then you do the same thing next week, but you fill in new names. However, I do enjoy Oscar versus Rhea Ripley very much, so it can have enough. This entrance did distract Rhea too, which is the curse of being a professional wrestler. But then Oscar fell into this trap as well because Charlotte was on commentary, so when she was on the outside, they just locked eyes with each other, which allowed Rhea Ripley to attack the Empress. But then later on, Rhea Ripley was locking eyes with Charlotte, which allowed Oscar to attack the champ. Even then though, when Oscar got her back in the ring and she thought she was gonna finish her off, Rhea Ripley just hit the riptide from nowhere and she got the victory. And like I say, I'm doing this match a disservice. It was very, very fun. But everything else was just kind of wacky. Rhea posed afterwards as Charlotte Flair clapped her on. And really, the reason I was mostly okay with this, it's because Rhea didn't lose. You know, she is the champion, for goodness sake. And we should be protecting her. And you know WWE, sometimes they just don't care or they actually forget. Drew McIntyre promo next. He was saying that it was all Braun Strowman's fault what happened last week, but he does understand that if the monster among men, the gardener, and Bobby Lashley team up, he will be toast. And I like to think that's a stipulation for WrestleMania Backlash now. If Drew is defeated, he will become a slice of grilled bread. And let's face it, Bray Wyatt could absolutely return on Sunday and do that. He has magical powers as well. And if you are interested, no, once again, he wasn't on the show. John Morrison then almost killed Damien Priest. Flood me. This was just a bad night for close calls because at one point, Morrison just slammed him right in the head with a knee. And before he made the cover, you could kind of see him go to Damien Priest. Uh, bro, are you okay? Now, thankfully he was. But if you were trying to break a man's brain, this is what you should do. We also had this weird tease where it looked like Damien and The Miz were going to fight, but then we cut to an advert. When we came back, they just weren't anymore. And as it turns out, we are actually doing a story that is focused on the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment and pretty much distractions. Because much like last week, Miz got on the apron in order to stop Damien Priest smashing out the hit the lights, which allowed John Morrison to reverse it into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. But because the Miz was still distracting the referee, John Morrison got the win, but nobody did the pin. So Damien Priest got to his feet, he did hit the hit the lights, and he won. But this was actually a pretty good match, and thankfully Damien Priest did win. But for the second week in a row, he has technically lost to John Morrison, the official just didn't see it. And I also can't get my head around this fact that we teamed Damien Priest up with Bad Bunny at WrestleMania in order to get a massive spotlight on him. But now he's doing the exact same thing that he was doing before WrestleMania. And I know WrestleMania backlash, but that's the flipping problem with the game. I suppose as long as he does win at that pay-per-view and moves on to something else, it will be decent enough. But it still counts on the distraction. So we bring down the board. We're up to 56 in 2021. Well, after giving it some proper thought, well, I got to give it a down. So McIntyre and Lashley warming up backstage when Braun Strowman approached Bobby Lashley to make you think he was going to accept his deal or that he'd been massively manipulated. And then we got a second video for Eva Marie on a three-hour show. You do not need two videos for anyone, especially when you've got a bunch of talent who haven't been on the program in ages. Anyway, she's now a car or something. I don't know. Damian Priest then chose his stipulation for WrestleMania Backlash when he picked a lumberjack match because, of course, then The Miz can't run away. 
so at least he was portrayed as a very smart baby face. The main event was next. It ended in a DQ. Nope, down. I mean, it's just too much. We do the same thing every single week to the point now, especially when it comes to the main event on Raw, I don't actually buy into it because I don't believe we're going to get a finish. And the really frustrating thing here is that, of course, you should have done some kind of nonsense, some kind of shenanigans because it tied into the story. But I'm just so tired of seeing the same thing every week. It didn't work at all. I mean, the proof is right here. There's the DQ board and it rolls up. 227. With that said, I do really like Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre because they just kicked lumps out of each other. Up. I mean, they smashed each other in the face and then took turns throwing the other person around before Bobby Lashley went for a spear but ate a turnbuckle. And the only real disappointing thing here was that once again, we were doing a match six days before a pay-per-view that we're going to see at the pay-per-view. It's like the worst roundabout you've ever been on. McIntyre headbutted Lashley before he went for the Claymore kick, but Bobby somehow reversed it just using his whole body as a shield. And that allowed him to lock in the hurt lock, but Drew McIntyre's been practicing ever since WrestleMania, and he was able to get out of it. McIntyre burst out the other store with the Claymore, and just as he had it won, all of a sudden we heard, Wah! and out came Braun Strowman, who was ready to plant another apple tree. Now, not only did he power slam Drew McIntyre, but he ain't having none of Bobby Lashley's crap. He grabbed him too, and not only did he power slam him, he grabbed him and he threw him through the barrier. And this was a really great way to make Strowman look like an absolute beast. But once again, the DQ finish just meant that Raw ended flat. But I suppose Braun Strowman was standing tall. So if you wanted to go, maybe he's going to win a WrestleMania backlash, you could do it. Although I will say it here with a lot of confidence, he is not. The best part of all of this, though, and you're going to have to forgive my language, is when Braun Strowman got in MVP's face before he did absolutely kill Bobby Lashley. And he said to him, MVP, now I'm going to f*** your boy. I don't think this was meant to be caught up by the cameras, but it was. And I laughed so much, I think I actually grew some hair. This, of course, brought us to the end of the show. And this was actually far better than it has been the last couple of weeks. But it's just the fact it feels like someone is just going copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste. We need some fresh talent. We need some fresh storylines. And really, we needed it after WrestleMania, because WrestleMania usually is the reset button. But now we have a pay-per-view called WrestleMania Backlash, which has stopped us from doing that. That's really silly, and it's why it's getting it down. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.